Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast, where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew Patron Supporters. Thank you. Please welcome back Leah from YA Book Chat Podcast, my podcasting bestie. Yay. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me again, Bethany. Thank you for your technical support. Um, <laughs> Hurricane Hillary is making my life very difficult. And Leah is nice enough to share her Zoom so that I can record this episode. <laughs> Whatever we got to do to make it work. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's, um, I'm trying this new thing where I'm going to control my life. And make my podcast episodes not four hours long. <laughs> so <laughs> let's last. talk about what we are currently reading. Okay. <laughs> I'm laughing because like mine are usually like an hour to an hour and a half long. But the last episode I recorded with Morgan was two hours long. And I was like, I can't. I literally had to cut out so much stuff to get it down to an hour and a half. I had to cut out 30 yeah. minutes. Anyways. Um, okay. I we should do like an extended cut on your Patreon. <laughs> I should have done that. I should have posted the whole two hour episode. Right. And then Patreon. it'd be like an extended version or something. Oh, maybe I still will. I have the full yeah. recording. Well, we'll see. Um, okay. So I am currently reading Lightbringer by Pierce Brown. This is book six in his Red Rising series. However, it has been a full two years since book five came out. So this book has been a long time in coming. It's also almost 700 pages long. So it's going to take me a long time to get through it. But fortunately, I'm at a good spot with my podcast where I'm like, pretty far ahead so I have time to read a 700 page book that's not for my podcast (laughs) yeah oh my goodness Mm -hmm. (sighs) what are you reading okay like well it's more like what I have what have I read since our last episode I had somebody a few episodes back that was like hey I follow you on Goodreads and you read like a ton of books and then you only talk about like one of them when you do an episode <laughs> and I was like yeah because otherwise we'd be here a while <laughs> it's what am I currently reading not what have I read since last episode she's like well it should be what you've read since the last episode so here okay. we go <laughs> I read uh, I read Wild Scottish Night by Trisha O'Malley mm-hmm. by the way read is is I listened let's do that I listened to um, Single and Ready to Jingle by Piper Rain. I listened to The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. I listened to Grim and Barrett by Juliet Cross. I read Ten Trends to Seduce Your Best Friend by Penny Reed. I read Kissing Tolstoy by Penny Reed. And I read The Coven Secret. Um, by Alicia Reeds. There we go. Nice. You. 
Plus all the books I read to my fifth graders, because those count. I didn't put them on my Goodreads. Maybe I should. They're like 30 <laughs> pages long. Does that count? <laughs> it counts. It's still reading. So I, I say it counts. Right? And then before I forget, we have fan mail. <gasps> Ooh, fun. Where is... I completely forgot. We have fan mail. Okay, so... The first one is from Kaylee Miller, and it's long, but we're going to do it anyways. Okay. Because I don't get fan mail very much, and I really get excited about it. This is exciting. Right? Okay. Hello. Warning, this email contains a lot of random thoughts and word vomit, so I apologize in advance. But <laughs> Kaylee, do not apologize. That is the definition of every podcast that was ever created. Pretty much. Okay. Random thoughts and word vomit is my bread and butter. You're mm-hmm. good. You're good, girl. Same. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Kaylee, and I have been listening to Prince Kai Fan Pod since COVID started, and I absolutely love it. I had just finished listening to the Luna Chronicles for the third time and was so sad that there wasn't more I could do to entertain myself with. So when I came across your podcast, I was so happy to find out I wasn't the only one completely obsessed with this series. <laughs> Anytime I am doing an activity that I want something going on in the background, your podcast is my go-to. It really feels like I am a part of the conversation when I'm listening, and you guys bring up so many ideas and theories that I hadn't thought of before. My family just recently got a puppy who we decided to name Kai. My sister and I are huge Lunar Chronicles fans, and we felt his calm demeanor really matched Prince Kai's personality. We think he would be the type of dog Kai and Cinder would have if they got one, <laughs> which they totally would, and we definitely need that short story. <laughs> okay, side note, I don't know if you are a fan of Greek mythology, but if you are, it would be super cool if you had a bonus episode talking about some of them. That's a good one. I like that mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I digress, but I love your podcast so much, and I'm not a part of your Patreon, but I hope to be someday. I will definitely be continuing to listen. Um, so that's it. There was no questions or anything. It was just really long and complimentary, and I wanted to read it. So thank you, Kaylee, for taking the time to type all of that out and send it to me. That is very sweet. And I love, Kaylee, that you named your dog Kai. I that love is that. fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so the next one. Did you listen to the last episode of the podcast? I did not. Okay, so in the last episode, we talked about the chapter where Winter murders Amory. Mm-hmm. And in that chapter, she's watching the chaos of the battle around her, and she stops to watch a maid remove the gold buttons from someone's outfit. Mm-hmm. And it pulled me from the story, and so I asked readers... What are your theories on why Marissa included this sentence when it so clearly digresses from the plot? So, Elizabeth has thoughts on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I listened to episode 172 the other day and wanted to give my two cents. My interpretation of the servant looking for and stealing buttons is that Marissa is using it as a plot device to some extent. This part of winter is horrific and terrifying. Friends against friends, the force control, all of it. The small observation of a servant looking for buttons to steal is a break from the narrative, but not necessarily a welcome one. This is someone who, A, had no idea the revolution was a thing prior to the battle, which was already established a couple chapters back, and B, 
is quite possibly already desensitized to high levels of violence. That is an excellent point. We will get to that, Elizabeth, mm -hmm. but that is beautifully said. Obviously not in this kind of large scale type of violence, but she has most likely been threatened with violence on multiple occasions. All she has ever known is people in power who use their gift as a tool to gain more power. She doesn't care if someone new comes into the regime, they will only prolong this cycle. All she cares about is surviving the next day and right now, those buttons are what she needs and something she can use. Mm. The image completely pulls me out of the scene. Let me be clear. It does not pull me out of the story. I am still very invested and I want all to be okay. This reminder of normalcy rips you out of this immersive battle filled with death and horrors beyond the imagination. And it reminds you what you're looking for and what you've been reading. And of course, this is all in addition to the plot device of comparing what Winter would have been had Solstice survived the childbirth. Hope mm. this makes sense. That was all written at 1130 at night with no book for point of reference. Just off the top of my head, <laughs> ideas after listening to your episode. I'm happy oh to God. explain if something doesn't make sense. So there is a lot to unpack there, mm -hmm. but I want to say thank you for taking the time to articulate that and send it in an email. I want to first start off by saying that I think the phrase uh, uh, possibly already desensitized to high levels of volume, I think the phrase desensitized and high levels of violence, I think that those are very important indicators. I think that's some great word choice mm -hmm. to really establish not just the fact that it's a sort of normalcy, but that it's so much of a normalcy that it's no longer impactful emotionally. And also that it's at such high levels that even this extent of violence is only a small leap forward from what their daily experience has been. Yeah. So I just want to point out first that I really like that turn of phrase that she used there. Um, but what do you think of this idea that the reason Marissa included it was to acknowledge that there are other points of view during this battle. I think, I think that's a good point. I mean, it is, it is hard sometimes. Like when I'm reading a book where there's a battle scene, I do sometimes wonder like what's happening somewhere else outside of just the point of view of the character who I'm with. Um, also, and how other characters feel about what's happening, you know, cause like in the Red Queen series mm -hmm. is just filled with battle scenes. Good and, point. And we we get a lot of like the main character's point of view, but we forget almost that there's like there's all these other characters who are there. Like, you know, like there's a death and battle that takes place in the middle of a big event where there's yes. like all these people from you know around the world. And so yeah, and so I, I think it, that's a really valid point because you do have to realize there's not just our main characters. There are other characters who are experiencing things and we don't always get to see that or really like, you know, unpack that. We just get, most of the time, we just get our main character's perspective. So that's a good, that's a really good point. And I like that too. I like seeing somebody else's perspective on it. I agree. I also think that like, I think Elizabeth has a good point that it kind of might, it might pull you out of this scene, 
but it doesn't pull you completely out of the narrative itself. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point that it might be like a millisecond of a distraction, but you're still so focused on everything else that you might even just skate right past it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the idea of comparing it to the life she would have had if Solstice had survived childbirth. Because the only reason that she's a princess is because her mother died during childbirth, right. which was the hands of fate. Lavana murdered a lot of people to get where she is, right? Mm -hmm. But the two murders that she's not responsible for that really put her in a position of power was her marriage or her her sister's death mm -hmm. which set her up to be queen and solstice's death which set her up to be married to everett um, right now that being said even everett's death was planned by her right so those are the only two murders that she's not responsible for that have had a major impact on her life and they both had a major impact on winter because one, it was winter's mother. Right. But mm -hmm. even if winter's mother had died, if, if Channery had not died, then princess winter would have, would not have been the princess that she was in, in that court. Right. Because it would right. have been completely trampled by the concept of Celine. Right. So, I think that that's a good point to identify, like, you know, this maid could have been Winter. If Winter had been raised the daughter of a guard and a seamstress, what other positions would she have gained in Artemisia? It's a natural progression for her to have gotten a job at the palace. That's what Jason did. Right. And that makes perfect sense for her. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very good point. So mm -hmm. I have, thank you for taking the time to... To write all of that out. I also got to meet her when I went to see the Heartless musical. So that was Fun. like really cool to like meet her in person and, and say hi to her and get to know her a little better. So nice. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. One last email. And it's actually very important and very important that Leah is here because Leah and I just had a whole conversation about this. <laughs> so here we go. This is from Anonymous because I'm respectful of other people's choices. <laughs> well, this is from Anonymous. Hello to my guys, gals, and non-binary pals. First of all, anonymous. Love that phrase. That is one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> that was because, super fun. Right? It's fun to say, you know, but, and it replaces that whole concept of like, ladies and gentlemen. Like, so yeah. first of all, anonymous. I really love the start to your email. Hi, guys and gals, and my non-binary pals. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I know that you have a podcast, a job, a full-time life, and oh yeah, sometimes you write books, question mark. I have no idea how you do all of this. It absolutely baffles me. I'm in college taking three classes, and I work part-time at a bookstore for 10 hours a week. I feel constantly like I'm drowning, like I can't keep up with everything, and like, hmm, maybe living on the lamb isn't so bad. Could I just pick up everything? And go into the woods, sleeping beauty style, question mark. <laughs> I love this email. Would really love to hear your thoughts. I know that you have a decent life balance. We're going to talk about this, girl. Mm. I know that you have a decent life balance. And I want to know if there is a way you could extend that. Obviously, my schedule is not as jam-packed as yours. 
does that mean that I'm in some way incapable of handling more responsibility? Or do you think I just haven't found the right way of handling the responsibility I'm currently in? I would love to know anything you could possibly tell me, and even if one of your guests has an idea, that would be super helpful. I keep thinking of all the guests you've had who also have busy lives plus their podcasts and who are so much older than me, and I wonder if they, like you, have an experience level to share that I do not. I'm only 18, and this is my first year in college. I think it's probably normal for me to feel overwhelmed and like I can't manage, but maybe there are older and wiser people who could lend me their guidance. Big thank you for everything you do on the podcast. It is what gets me through these long, terrible weeks where studying is a nightmare and the and the lure of the woods is very strong. Lots of love, Anonymous. <laughs> the lure of the woods. I love that. I love it. I love this analogy of like, should I pull a Sleeping Beauty and just you know, go I, off into the woods and live in a really cute little cabin? And then I love the ending yeah. of like, the lure of the woods. Is, First of all, Anonymous, write me this book, girl. Write uh-huh. me this book about the 17-year-old princess who is like done with life and society and is like, I'm going to go live in the woods. Seriously. I'm ready. I'm listening. I'll buy it. Okay. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about this, Leah? You and I were just talking about how I'm struggling to oh my gosh. manage my life balance because it's hard to eat when you're working nonstop for 12 <sighs> hours a day. So like, what do you think about balancing your life? Also, please okay. don't think that because I'm older than everybody or that because I do have a lot of plates that I'm juggling, please don't think that that means I have a good life balance. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I no. Sh- I struggle so much. I Plates are mm-hmm. falling all the time, okay? This yeah. Is not, this is not a perfect wheel. <laughs> the sa- same over here. Like, I, yeah, like, I am 43. I have a full-time job. I didn't know a, that. Yeah, yeah. I yep. thought you and I were, like, only a couple years apart. No, I am. I am old. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> older. <laughs> no. Yes. Um, no. So yeah. So like I'm 43. I have a full-time job as a teacher, which means though, it's not 40 hours a week. It is easily nope. way. It's so much more than that. Plus I'm working like 12 hours a day. Yeah. Plus I'm a theater teacher, which also means I'm responsible for school productions, which means I put in, I, I counted last year, I, I put in over a hundred hours, 110 hours after school of unpaid time, by the way. And right? then the unpaid part is what's killer. Yep. And then um, I have, so I have two sons who both do sports and after school activities and we have pets that need you know, trips to the vet and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have my podcast as well. Plus, I also am uh, work like, I don't know, 10 to 13 hours a month, which is not a lot, but it's still, you know, I do do it weekly. I check in weekly um, as an editor for a local blog. So yeah, so I have a full-time job, two part-time jobs and a family. <laughs> Um, it is, it is hard. It is really hard to balance. So please, um, anonymous, don't feel like you're not doing a good job because work life, I mean, work life balance is really hard. And especially being your first year of college, like I remember Mm -hmm. my first year of college, it was hard. Like all I could do was 
school and then I had a part-time job at, in college also. It's really hard to do much more outside of that. But I tried to get as much like what I try to do, what I would recommend for you, Anonymous, like is to try and, you know, get as much of your schoolwork done during the week as you can so that you don't have so much to do over the weekend. So you can take the weekend to step back and refresh yourself. Um, but it's hard, like, cause I will have weeks where like I had a week where I recorded three podcast episodes in one week because that's when my guests were available. And so, yeah, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I mean, I've done multiple episodes on one day before, like I've recorded mm-hmm. two episodes on a day. I'm recording like, immediately when we're done here. Yeah. And I recorded an episode yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, and you know, and my, I try to, I try to do it like after my kids are in bed or close to bedtime so that they, you know, I can spend more time with them, but it doesn't always work that way. And during the summer, since I had the summer off, I was recording during the day as well, um, because that worked for me and some of the authors who I was interviewing. So it's just kind of all over the place. And then like with editing, what I'll do is I'll sometimes like, just so I can be with my family, like I'll edit on my laptop and sit downstairs in the living room, you know, so I'm with them, but I'm still working and getting stuff done at the same time. Um, but it, it, it's really hard. Like, and there are definitely times when my kids are like, mom, you've been recording so many podcasts this week. <laughs> or like, you're doing a lot. I want to do this or that, you know? And so it's hard. Like it is hard to find a balance. So I would say like, don't beat yourself up about it. Mm. You, what you need to do is prioritize what's most important to you or like what needs to get done first type of thing. And again, with being in your first year of college, um, you know, I, it's, it's hard cause you, it is your first year. You're feeling out the ropes, figuring what everything's like, making new friends, you know, discovering all of that. And so it's challenging. So you do have to figure out, you know, how much time do I need to um, study every night and how much time do I need to do my work? And when can I, you know, spend time with my friends, but also I need to have a job so I can make money and support myself. So it's, it's a lot, but just, you know, so it is overwhelming. Um, It is, at many at all ages so um just know you know you're not alone and you just have to kind of try and prioritize but yeah if you can like you know if you have downtime in between some of your classes like if you have a class in the morning and then have a couple hours off and then you know classes later or whatever do what work you can in between there and get it done so that you know then you have time more in the evening or on the weekend so yeah yeah I would agree with a lot of that I would also like, I want to preface by saying that like, one, the things that work for me are not going to work for everybody. It's not universal. Mm -hmm. Um, And two, I do not have my stuff together. (laughs) Okay. Especially right now. So don't, don't feel like you're a failure in the slightest. Mm -mm. What I would recommend, especially in your circumstances, like what I did when I was in your position, because everybody knows I finished school in a year and a half. That was not easy. I wasn't practicing good self-care during that time. Okay. (laughs) What I would recommend in addition to everything that you said, Leah, because I think that what you said is, is great. um, Take time. If you can, even if it's Mm -hmm. just like 
five minutes in the shower. What I used to do is I would put on like the most calming music I could find. I would take a shower in the dark, like a little bit of light because, you know, bubbles and shaving and all of that. (laughs) But like I would take a shower in like a dim light and I would just try not to think about anything except the rushing water and the sound of the music and I would just breathe in and out because Mm -hmm. that's basically what meditating is and I didn't have time for meditating so it's like all right meditate in the shower because that's where you can do it nobody else is in there (laughs) I was like this is my alone time yes this is the time when no one else is around um I would also say I'm not, I want to preface by saying this might not be the healthiest thing but I used to take what what I call a coffee nap Coffee, Mm. caffeine in general, takes about 20 minutes to circulate through your system. So I would take coffee. I like coffee. Quentin used to chug one of those giant monsters, and I would Mm. lay down for 20 minutes. 20 minutes? So 20-minute naps. This is actually like a scientific thing. Like if you're going to take a nap, it should be 20 minutes because otherwise you get into your REM cycle and then you're going to wake up even like super groggy and it doesn't help. So I, oh goodness, when I was in college, naps were my best friend. Like I've never really napped before that. But then when I got to college, yeah, those 20-minute naps can really help revive you and just give you all the rest. I definitely encourage that as well. There were so many times when I did yeah. that also. Super helpful. I would also like highly encourage you to find anti-anxiety um like methods that you can use. I personally I'm a big fan of chamomile tea before bed or they make these little ginger. Um it's almost like a cough drop but it's with ginger mm-hmm. and and it's um it's very soothing right? Because ginger Mm -hmm. is a little bit tart, so it kind of wakes you up. Um, But ginger also has a lot of healing properties that can kind of soothe you. So I would recommend something like that. I would also say that if you feel yourself hitting a wall, it's okay. Mm -hmm. If you are like, I have to get this done today, or I can't have tomorrow to do A, B, or C. I used to get like that. I'd be like, okay, I have to get my homework today because tomorrow I have to do my laundry and clean the apartment. Right. No, you don't. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to do the laundry that you need. You need clean underwear, clean shirts, and clean bottoms. You don't have to do the rest of that. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yep. <laughs> you do not have to clean your apartment. All right. You know what needs to be clean in your apartment? where you go to the bathroom, where you clean yourself, and where you eat. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else, nobody cares. Mm-mm. Just take care of the priorities. Also, limit yourself. If you can avoid cooking with a lot of dishes, do it. If you can avoid eating with a lot of dishes, do it. If you can give yourself three minutes a day to clean the dishes as soon as you use them, they don't have to do an entire load at once later on. And I know that seems like a really small increment when you have so much going on, but I swear those tiny little nuances will make a big difference and you'll notice it. You'll notice it for sure. Um, And then the last thing I would say is uh, if you can, and if you need someone, try to find some kind of support group of any kind, whether it's like me where I have my my Patreon, my Discord, I'm in a, I'm a member of a writer's group. I have fellow teachers that we lean on each other, you know, even if it's just mm-hmm. like we each spend 10 minutes complaining about how stressful everything is yep. and then we move forward, like, you know, do that. 
do what you can to lean on other people when you can. And you know what? If you feel like you don't have anybody you can lean on, message me. I will do whatever I can, even if I'm really far away. Even if you just need somebody who will listen to you to let you know that your 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 feelings and your stresses and your anxiety are valid, I will do what I can. And um, I think the last thing I would say is if you need a break, take it. Mm-hmm. Just take it. If you work for five hours and then you have a class and then you get home and you're like, well, I have this assignment due on Friday and it's Wednesday, so I should really start the assignment. It's okay if you don't. It's okay if you if you feel like you're not mentally in a place where you can you can take the time to put in your effort on an assignment. It's okay if you don't, because you're not going to produce a good assignment anyways. Right. Especially if you have to like write something. And I guess I keep saying the last thing. And I guess the last thing I really would say <laughs> is um, back to what Leah said about sleeping and your REM cycle. That's very important. Your REM cycle manipulates a lot of how you wake up in the morning. So here would be my suggestions, what I found, because I wake up before I am every day. Otherwise, I don't have time to walk my dog to work out, get myself ready and go to work. Right. Right. So here's the things that I've learned that worked for me when I'm waking up to help me actually wake up. I do not lay in bed. There's no such thing as a snooze. I don't grab my phone and start goofing off on Instagram. When that alarm goes off, I have to get out of bed. I don't keep it dark. I turn on the lights. I make sure that I'm fully awake and present in what I'm doing. I take five minutes after I'm awake and dressed and showered and all of that to just chill. I pet, I pet with my I pet my dogs. I read a chapter or two. I stare at the wall. Sometimes <laughs> that's really nice. I know it sounds crazy, but like sometimes it's really nice to just actively not think about something. Um, and you can also download these apps on your phone. Uh, I haven't had one in years, so I, I can't recommend one. But you can download these apps on your phone that'll help you determine your REM cycle and help you wake up so that you're not disrupting your REM cycle. So let's say that you are that you know you're probably going to go to bed at nine, which means you'll probably actually fall asleep around in some ter- somewhere between nine fifteen and nine forty five, right? It'll tell you what time you should set your alarm for based on your REM cycle. So if you end up falling asleep between 9.30 and 9.45, it'll tell you, you should wake up at four, you should wake up at five, you should wake up at this time. And you can just select whichever time works best for your schedule. And I, there's not an exact science to it. Science to it. It's an app. You know, it's not going to take into account factors of what if you woke up in the middle of the night three times because you had to pee? What if (laughs) your dog woke you up? What if you fell asleep late? What if you woke up naturally and you couldn't fall back asleep? Um, But I think it does help in terms of like trying to avoid waking up in the middle of run cycle because that's part of what makes us groggy in the morning. And that can be very hard to shake off. If you wake up in the middle of the REM cycle and you don't do what you need to do to pull yourself completely out of it, like like immediately getting up, like avoiding the snooze button, like immediately starting your day, washing your face, things like that, then I think it can be really hard to gain that back. And I think throughout the whole day, you're just going to feel off mm-hmm. and that's going to make it an even longer day where you feel like you can complete even less. So um, yeah, those are the things I can think of, but, but honestly, like, 
please don't be so hard on yourself. No. I I am usually very good at juggling schedules. And right now, I am struggling a great deal. I was just confiding in Leah how I haven't been sleeping. I haven't been eating. I haven't been hydrating. I've lost like four pounds in one week because I am not practicing good self-care. I am giving every ounce of myself to my job and I need to find a way to pull back. Yeah. So don't feel like we've got all our together. We don't. We don't. No, we don't. Mm-mm. And don't feel like you're a failure because you don't have it all together. That's okay. My mom is 55 and she'll tell you she doesn't have her shit together and she probably never will. Because it's just, it's an illusion it that is. no one's ever going to live up to. And also, nobody has the same amount of hours in the day as Taylor Swift. Okay? Right? I don't know how she does it, but I swear <sighs> she's got an extra 30 hours than the rest of us. Somehow. So don't look at the accomplishments <laughs> of others. And and think that you're inferior because you haven't met those same expectations. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like that was word vomit in itself, right? But yes, from both of us. But it's hard to it's hard to be like, here's what you should do when you know that you're not always practicing that yourself. Yeah. It's hard. It's just hard to balance things. It really is. But it's like, like I still do all the things because like, this is going to sound horrible. Like I'm still, this is only my fourth year of teaching and it's been rough. Like, I'm not going to lie. And so for me, like podcasting and reading and even editing, like those are just happy places for me to go. Yeah. Like those, even though it's, I wouldn't call them work. Like, even though I get paid for the editing, (laughs) like it's still something I really enjoy a lot and it's a break from my full-time job. And so even though it's extra time, it's something I enjoy. And that is kind of like therapy for me in its own way, like getting to correct other people's writing and fix things. (laughs) It's like very therapeutic, just like organizing and correcting things. It's like very satisfying. Mm -hmm. It is very satisfying. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of Taylor Swift, I just today pre-ordered my copy of 1989 uh, Taylor's version. Yay! Uh, I her missed... face on that album cover, I know. she looks so joyful and so it. happy. And it, like, I wanted to, like, give her a hug so bad. <laughs> I was like, oh I my gosh. It. And then I saw on like the Swift verse that someone said, this is the first album she's ever smiled on the cover of. And I'm like, oh, what? And then oh. you go back and she's not smiling on any of the covers. It's very true. It is true. So well, I'm glad yeah. she's smiling now. Yeah. Get your serotonin when you can. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's another good one. Just get your serotonin when you can. Sometimes yes. if I don't have time to read, I will go to like a chapter of one of my favorite books and just read that chapter and just give myself the vibes I need. Like, like Vampire Academy is one of my favorite series in the world. And I've said that a million times and that whole series reading it, even the intense parts, like it is just pure serotonin all the time. I do not have time for six books. Okay. I just don't. No. So I have little tabs on all the places of the series that I like. That's and a good it'll take idea. me about an hour to go through all the tabs. But I basically get the highlights of like when they met, when they fell in love, here, here's all the little tiny moments that were good and bad throughout the relationship. And then there's the big epic moment at the end where they're like happily ever after. Like, So if I don't have time to reread a series that I love, like Lunar Chronicles, for example, I will just tab all the places that I like. 
and I'll just go to those places and I'll just read that stuff. And it's like instant serotonin. That's perfect. So, so get your serotonin where you can Done. Is, is another one I would say in a healthy way if possible. Like, yes. you know, if your serotonin comes from um, a place that it shouldn't, then, you know, I'm also here and so are resources. Yes, <laughs> yes please. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes to betterhelp.com. Um, they're not a sponsor of my podcast. They should be, but they're not. But I used them when I needed a grief counselor and um, I found their services to be to be very helpful and affordable. So so if you can, I would look into that as well. Anyways, let's do okay. some fan off writing. Huh. Do you remember when I said I was going to try to keep these under an hour? What is the matter with me? Yep, just not this one. Not this not this one. Too many emails. All right, Fan Art Friday. This first one is from these names, you guys. <laughs> P-E-I-S-K-I-O-S. I'm not going to pretend I know how to say that. I don't. Mm-mm. And it's Wolf and Scarlet. I love it. And it's it. perfect for our chapters because, because Wolf and Scarlet are... <sighs> Yep. They're my OTP, you guys. <laughs> uh, I, I love, love them it. so much. I love so much about everything about them. And I especially love moments like this where it's like Wolf is feeling vulnerable and Scarlet is like, it's okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this artwork is beautiful. I love his scars in a Me weird too. way. And that she's just hugging him and like, I'm here for you. And you can let, like his, his eyes are closed, but even though they are like, he still has this expression on his face, like of relief. Like all I needed Mm -hmm. was a hug from my scarlet. And this is just all that I need. And then we've got like the two little tomatoes in the background, which is just cute. (laughs) Adorable. I read somewhere that 20, that a 20 second hug or a minute of petting an animal, like Mm-hmm. helps with depression so it does so my son's counselor actually told us that and so he he will go around and be like mom I need a, a hug and he'll count 20 seconds oh and that's yeah. adorable so like yeah I mean it is it is a thing so 20 second hug and a minute petting an animal we do that Love a it. lot too and I think that that's like I think that's probably a good thing for Wolf to have in Scarlet because he's going to have some issues going forward. We know that you can, oh, yeah. he's been through a lot. Yeah. Um, but I also love that it looks like she's like, not just hugging him. Like it looks like she's kissing his cheek. She's got her hands mm-hmm. in his hair to like pet him. Cause he's our dog, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, beautiful artwork. And the next one is from Ace Artemis fan art and it's uh, Cinder and Kai. Do you guys, I had a theme going here this week. Relationships. Um, I love this too. She's got her face kind of scrunched up. Their noses are touching. Mm -hmm. Their foreheads are touching. Their eyes are closed. And it's kind of one of those moments of just like pure intimacy without actually like, they're not full on kissing. They're not even really hugging. Yeah. You know, Um, but it just, it feels so intimate. It does. And it's just like, and you can, I love that we can see Cinder's cyborg hand too. Yeah. On Kai. And um, it's just, it's just like a moment, like you said, it's like a moment of vulnerability, but also intimacy. And just like, I just need you. I just need to know that you're here. And I'm so glad that you are. And yeah, that's, this one's beautiful too. Yeah. So big thank you to both of those artists. You can find their artwork on Instagram and on the Prince Kai Thampod website. 
Speaking of life balance, this episode is being recorded out of order because life is very difficult to balance, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. So also Hurricane Hillary really put a damper in my weekend. (laughs) Okay. I had a lot I was going to get done this weekend. (laughs) So future Bethany will insert the chapter titles for 88 through 90. Future Bethany here with our chapter titles. Chapter 88 is Mad Woman by Taylor Swift. Chapter 89 is Both Reached for the Gun from Chicago the Musical. And Chapter 90 is Kill the Queen by Black Light Burns. And Leah and I will discuss Chapter 91 of Winter. Oh my gosh, we are getting very close to the end, you guys. I know, this is so crazy. Uh, So, last week we left off with Pi arriving just as Cinder shot Livana and passed out. Um, this week we're in Scarlet's perspective. We skipped ahead three days. It's a, a quick summary of this chapter is we get an update of what's been going on for three days, a vague update, I should say. Wolf and Scarlet have like a happy moment, and then Iko bursts in at the last second and is like BT dub senders awake. That's what happens yeah. in this week's chapter. Um, but let's get a little further into it. Okay. <laughs> I like the idea that her and Wolf are sharing a room. Me too. It's not said, but it's implied, and I Uh I like it. I'm here for it. I live it. It's good. Same. It just makes me happy. (laughs) Same. Same. (laughs) Um, So this is a really interesting way to catch everybody up on what's been going on. Instead of Marissa being like, in cinder's perspective and being like and here's what you missed on glee like (laughs) like instead of giving us a here's what you missed or last time on the vampire diaries it's just me recounting all the stuff i've watched too much of um you know like how tv shows do like previously on yes yeah instead of that she's like let me have a video call between emily and scarlett And for those of you who forgot, because we haven't talked about her in like two and a half years, Emily is Scarlett's best friend from Ryu, who had a crush on Wolf first. (laughs) And who swooned at the sight of of Thorn. I love it. Literally lost consciousness. Which is hilarious. (laughs) And so So, funny. So... I like that tool that she uses to catch everybody up on like, here's what's happened. So here's what's happened. Giles or Giel or however you say his name wants Mm. to set up a plaque in his bar for in honor of Scarlet. Um, Emily has been taking care of the farm. It's still good. Uh, A lot of credit goes to Crest for setting up those payments in advance. Yeah. Scarlet says that her grandmother died and that she is dating, kind of, the (laughs) street fighter wolf guy, um, and then hangs up on Emily when Wolf shows up after um, visiting Maha's home. So what do you think of this, the way that Marissa decides to catch readers up? I like it because it is different. It comes at it from a different angle. And also, um, we we really see where Scarlet is emotionally right now <laughs> and what's happening because, you know, Emily is like wanting to know what's going on because she hasn't heard from her in a while. And but Scarlet, 
you know, I feel bad for um, Emily because Scarlett gets so frustrated. She's like, I'm fine. You know, when she's yelled at her and she, she, Emily's like, you're not fine. And Scarlett's like, everything is fine. Look, I'm not dead. <laughs> you know, and she just, my hand and the missing fingers. Right. And she just, you know, and then um, Emily's like, you're screaming at me. Um, you know, Scarlett's like, I was a prisoner. You know, So it's like, it's kind of therapeutic in a way for Scarlett because she's giving a lot out, you know, yeah. but also I do feel bad for Emily because she's getting yelled at, but you know, she understands, I mean, she understands when Scarlett kind of explains stuff to her. So, but I like it. I like the way that this one was done, this recap. I do too. So yeah. Wolf returns from his mother's house um, with the blue daisies. It's the only thing in the whole house that he wanted. And Scarlett says that she's going to find a way to dry and press the flowers so that they'll last forever, which I love so much. I think Me that's too. so sweet. So yeah. sweet that I'm going to ignore the fact that they never explained to us how Maha had blue daisies. You know, it's just... <laughs> It's just one of those things. It's the suspension of disbelief. We just let mm -hmm. it go and enjoy it. <laughs> I like this part where Scarlett says she's trying not to feel uncomfortable about the fact that her comfy beds and linens were most likely made by slave labor. Yeah. It's, 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 that kind of stuff is difficult. Yeah. So it's like, for actually, when I read that, what I thought about was like, so I live in South Carolina and um, Charleston especially has a lot of history to it. And there are plantations and yeah. I've been to multiple different plantations and the plantations are beautiful, you know, and like you go and you walk around and just take in all this beauty, but then you look and you see like where the slaves lived yeah. and, and you think, and you're like, oh my gosh, right. That's what happened here. And that is not Okay. So it's, it's hard to think about those kind of things sometimes and to kind of balance that. And then you almost feel guilty, like for enjoying, like I do, <laughs> like feel guilty for enjoying the beauty of yeah. a place when so much ugliness happened there. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah. It's interesting to me. It reminds me of the current climate with Sheen, the company. Oh, what's going on with that? So Sheen is a clothing company. Right. Let me look up exactly what it is. Um, and they're in China. Okay. So Sheen is S-H-E-I-N. Mm -hmm. And um, they're coming under controversy for copyright infringement um, and poor working conditions for their staff. And the reveal has been like videos inside staff using the product to reach out for help by sewing in things like help reaching out and things like that into the oh, clothing wow. so it's it's difficult because I feel like well first of all I've never heard of Shane until this controversy mm -hmm. came around but it as soon as I read that that's what I thought of because that's in our current climate that's a concern and right. also if you think about where your clothing comes from too long you're mm -hmm. going to think about was this made in a fair traded company was this made in a factory with you know living wages and good working conditions and um so i just i thought that was really interesting because it's it's still relevant to our to our current 
current lives. Definitely. So I want to talk about Scarlet calling Wolf Zayev. Oh, yes. It has, it has constantly bothered me that he doesn't like being a mutant and everyone still calls him Wolf. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's a nickname and that it's hard to like block off and that like when they met, he was like, they call me Wolf. He didn't give her his real name. Yeah. But that being said, I... I still, when she talks about him or talks to him, I'm like, but you can call him by his name, girl. Like, uh huh. So I appreciate that she automatically corrected herself and said Zayev. Like, she started to say Wolf, but when she knew that it was necessary. So, so what do you think about that? Of like people always calling him Wolf when we know that he didn't want that life to begin with. I think that is a little bit hard too. And I'm glad that she corrected herself too, especially because like this particular moment, he's questioning things because at least before it was like, it was almost, I mean, not hidden, like people knew what he was, but it wasn't so obvious in his appearance, but now it is obvious in his appearance because of the changes that were made to him physically. And so now I feel like it would hurt him so much more for people to be calling him Wolf still, because he doesn't want to be this way. He hates being this way. And then, you know, like this particular moment, he's asking her if she still wants him with the way that he is, you know? So like, it's a really important spot where she needs to call him Zayev to recognize that is the person, you know, like I'm still in love with you and that person and you are not this wolf creature that everybody is calling you. 100%. Yeah. And then we have, this is the first time that they actually say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And actually Scarlett doesn't say it, but she repeats the vow that he said yeah. that he's the only one and he would always be the only one. And then for the first time it is verbalized, I love you. It's so sweet. And then she's like, really? I couldn't tell. I think that this is so funny to me because I feel like Scarlett got slightly uncomfortable and was like, okay, this is how I'm going to handle that moment. Or uh, she's been hanging around for, with Thorn a little too much and he yeah. rubbed off on her with his story. True story. That's <laughs> totally a Thorn statement right there. <laughs> and then Iko bursts in. I love the fact that she's covered in aesthetic bandages. Yes. <laughs> Um, but Iko Burson ruining the moment um, to Kissing. tell us all that Cinder is awake. Yay! In which everybody uh, breathes a collective sigh, collective sigh of relief. <gasps> yes, Cinder's awake. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about song choices. Okay. So I was, I was like, at first I was stumped because I was like. We have the first half of this with Emily, and then the second half was mm-hmm. Wolf. So I was like, how do I choose a song? But in the end, I decided there's not a song that fits both. So right. I chose the Wolf half, um, and I picked I Want You to Want Me by Cheap Trick, because this you know section is Wolf 
like, do you want me? Do you still want me to be like this? But he, you know, he wants her, of course, to want him, even though he looks totally different now. And so, so that's why I picked, I want you to want me. And I love, love it. it. Okay. So I picked two songs. Okay. And it's interesting. I didn't realize it until <laughs> just looking at them, but I picked, um, from Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello and they broke up. And both of the songs I picked were written about their relationship during their relationship. <laughs> so that was that was not intentional, you guys. Uh, but those are my song choices. So the oh, first well. one is 24 Hours by Shawn Mendes. Um, there's not a lot in this song that I think really is applicable. I just, the song is about um, wanting to move forward in your relationship, even if it's sooner than is socially norm. So all it takes is 24 hours, sign the check, and the place is ours. It's a little soon, but I want to come home to you. And it's really just a sweet song about, like, you know, it's it's not about this or it's not about that. Like, it's, this is forever, and I want to come home to you. Mm-hmm. And I just really like that idea because we get this kind of confirmation here that Wolf is going home with Scarlet. But not going back to Scarlet's farm. It's like basically their home now. And the second one is Easy by Camila Cabello. Um, I Wolf has always been hard on himself. Mm-hmm. He's never considered himself worthy of love. And Scarlet has, even in the darkest times between them, felt that connection with him. Um, so I always thought it was hard to love, always thought I was hard to love till you made it seem so easy. And I really like that concept that you kind of always think of yourself in a certain way until somebody else shows up and gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Um, you really know me, the future and the old me, all of the mazes and madness in my mind. I love that. The future and the old me I love because, you know, their future is a little uncertain with him and his his body morphia and change, um, his his metamorphosis and changes that he's gone through. And I just love the phrase, all of the mazes and madness in my mind. Yeah. I love a, that phrase. That's a great phrase. And again, I think that goes back to what he's going to be going through mentally with with trying to navigate life as this creature that he never wanted to be. Right. (laughs) Patreon members will get a chance to vote for chapter titles on the Patreon. Let's talk about your quote. Okay. So mine is, she tilted his face toward her. She didn't flinch when she looked at him, not at his enormous teeth or his monstrous hands, not at the inhuman slope to his shoulders or the way his jaw protruded from his cheekbones. It was all superficial. They hadn't changed him. You're the only one, Ziev Kelsey. You'll always be the only one. I just really loved that because it shows us how true their love is, how true her feelings for him are, that she doesn't care about all these mutations and things that were made to him. It's who he is as a person and she still loves him no matter what he looks like and always will. So, yay. Yeah, I um, 
I pretty much had the same quote, except I only picked the last line. <laughs> You're the only one, Zayf Kesley, you'll always be the only one. There's something truly magical about books that find a way to say I love you without saying I love you. Yes. And like in The Cruel Prince, for example, instead of saying I love you, he says to oh, what oh. does he say? Oh, it's, it's for you. I am undone or something. Yes. Yes. I love that quote, like highlighted it when I talked about that episode on my podcast. I think I put it on a, one of the bookmarks for my Patreon. Cause like, it's just so beautiful and poetic. I looked it up. It's by you. I am forever undone. Yes. It's and yes, perfect. of course they, they actually do say, I love you and I love you. But I do like, and there's nothing wrong with saying I love you. I say it to my sisters and my friends and my husband all the time. But I do love this idea. I I like in books and in movies and TV shows, I like when they say I love you without saying I love you. I I agree. And I think it's magical. So I I really felt, um, you know, that romantic pull in that moment. Same. So we're going to take a break to hear from one of our podcast besties, and then we'll come back. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast and now back to the show let's talk about chapter 92 we're back with cinder she's awake she's awake yay (laughs) so in this chapter cinder wakes up and she's healed and she sees kai and they get like a few updates here's where we get the information dump yes but we do it through the we do it as in a parallel way to chapter one of the series. Um, and basically it's good morning, sunshine. Here's the doctor that healed you. Here's everything you missed. And then Cinder being like, all right, well, I want to have a party, but first let's talk to these people. <laughs> so we start off with what I would consider a parallel to the first chapter of the series where Kai and Cinder meet and she gets an information dump Mm -hmm. on her through her interface about who he is, what he is and what's been going on. And I love it. I love that her head instantly fills with data that kind of updates her on Kai and what's been going on on Luna and um, what day it is. And I just, I felt so much, connection between this scene and the very first chapter where it was her and Kai meeting at the market and she looked at Kai <laughs> and we got that little information blurb from her interface. So what what did you think of all this? I loved that too. I well and I just love I mean obviously he's the first person who she sees when she mm-hmm. wakes up, which I think is how it should have been. Um and that's perfect. <laughs> And then, so of course, you know, he's the first person whose information pops up on her, uh, her database there. (laughs) And so, yeah, I love that. And then 
Cause then, cause within the information that pops up too, that scrolling, that's scrolling in her vision, it says, you know, Emperor Kaido informed the press that he has delayed his return to earth for an indeterminate amount of time, which, um, which tells you, you know, how much he cares for her, that he really wants to stay with Cinder as long as he can make sure she's okay. And here he is taking care of her. He rushes to Cinder's side as soon as she wakes up. So I loved it. I thought it was a great parallel as well when they first meet. Look how far they've come. I know. (laughs) Also, it's been November. It's, we find out it's November 13th, which means it's been about a month. It's been about four months since they met at the market. Yes. So just let that sink in guys that all of this took place in four months. No, that is insane. Doesn't it feel like it's so much longer than that? I mean, four months just for all of this stuff to happen. That's. I mean, the American Revolution was seven years. Yeah, I mean, the French Revolution. The French Revolution was ten years. Uh, So yeah, there was an entire (laughs) revolution in four months. Fastest revolution ever, right? There. I mean, there's some suspension of disbelief we could put into that, right? Yeah, but. You know, we can't have Harry Potter took seven years. Maybe she didn't want to go that route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the updates. Lavana's dead. Cinder survived because the knife stabbed her synthetic heart, not her real heart. Thankfully. Um, everyone is alive, but Cress is still unconscious. Thorin lost two fingers. Wolf is, has been completely altered, but... They can't undo the surgeries, and mentally, he's still himself. Mm-hmm. And Winter has been inconsolable, inconsolable, and is restrained. Oh, poor Winter. I know. I just really feel for her. She goes through so much. There's another parallel here, um, where she feels slightly vulnerable, hiding, hiding, or showing her organs. God, I can't talk today, Leah. There's another parallel here where Cinder feels slightly vulnerable showing her cyborg organs to Kai, mm-hmm. but she kind of dismisses it because she knows it's vain. Back in the first chapter, she stood on one leg so that he wouldn't know her secret. Yeah. So again, I mean, they've really come a long way. She has they come have. a long way. Even yes. With her, you know, being able to trust him and be more vulnerable with him. And being able to show her herself fully to him. Yeah. Well, so the next part is interesting. <laughs> so Kai says, you're the queen because Levana was technically never the queen. And he's not the king because Levana was never technically the queen. And mm. he wants to get an annulment. And he'd rather be a widower because they never consummated the marriage anyways. Kai, I didn't need that detail. We all know you didn't consummate we all the know marriage, that. okay? <laughs> all right. You do not need to like give us that information verbally. Like, and I don't need that visual in my head. Get it? I'm, don't put that in my head. I didn't ask for it. I mean, maybe he says it just to kind of reassure Cinder that nothing ever happened. But you got to think, like, she's going to know that he would never do that with Levana. Right. You know, but 
I don't know. Like, why do we need that sentence? But I'm going to point out another parallel. Okay. This is an awkward and uncomfortable joke made by Kai, which we saw when Kai, when Emperor Riken first appeared in the book, and Kai made a joke about getting him an escort droid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back in the first book. So there's another parallel between this scene and Cinder, the first book of the series. I love how I'm going to be pointing those out for the rest of the book, just so everybody knows. Yay. After 90 through the end of the book, there are a lot of parallels. Wow, that's interesting. I've never seen that. What? I'm so sorry. I have the window open, and a grasshopper and a bird are in my yard. And the bird is actively eating the grasshopper. And I've never actually seen that before. It's, it's, I'm going to take a picture for you, Miss, Miss. Nature is. Is fascinating. This is very interesting. I'm sorry because this is very distracting to me. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> mm, I don't know if I've ever seen that before either. Okay, so that's a video of a bird at my house eating a grasshopper. Sorry, awesome. I just thought that was so interesting. Because the grasshopper is like, la, 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 la. And the bird is like, pluck. Okay. And the bird is like, I'm, I can physically see the bird like swallowing a live grasshopper. And it's like, what is, this is a strange distraction. So I'm really sorry because that was a huge tangent. That's Anyways, back to the podcast. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so all this time, Cinder was re, was royalty and she never feels it. She never mm-hmm. felt like royalty because of the way she was treated by by society and by Pearl and by her stepmother, Audrey. And I kind of felt reading this that it was like, hey, reader, remember, this is a Cinderella retelling still. Don't forget <laughs> that that is still a component. No matter how far we've come to pull us away, there is still a Cinderella moment in here somewhere. Yes. <laughs> it kind of did feel like a big reminder because... It has been a long time since we've seen any, any Cinderella mo- like elements in this story. Yeah, that is true. So it is, it's a good, you know, kind of bring it back in reminder. Right. So the army on Earth is not convinced that the war is over and some of them are refusing to leave. Torin and Kai have been managing everything for Cinder while she is unconscious because they are unsung heroes, especially Torin. Mm-hmm. The antidote is being sent to Earth, but they need to evaluate the laws surrounding shells because their blood is required to make the antidote. Um, she has been out for three days. And Kai says the dangerous part, the hard part is over. The hard part is over? No. Hi, she has Hi. to run an entire country now. Also, she's going to be away from you because you'll be on Earth and she'll be on Luna. She'll be living in a place she's never lived in. Uh-huh. As a queen? Like, this is the like- hard... <laughs> I like when he corrects it and he's like, okay, well, the dangerous part is over. Much better. Much yeah. better word choice. Thank you. Yes. Makes more but sense. But is it because now she's going to have to deal with, like, assassination attempts? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot still left there. Right. So the chapter ends with Cinder saying that she would like to gather the earthen leaders, her stepmother, any advisors that might be on her side, and the doctor who treated Mm -hmm. her. 
and she wants to sign the Treaty of Bremen. Which is awesome. To make the alliance I love that her first act as queen is, let's sign this damn treaty. Right? Finally. Get it done. Let's make this official so we can move past Like, don't you want to, like, brush your teeth or go pee or something? (laughs) She's like, nope, let's sign the treaty. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. All right, so (laughs) let's talk about your song titles. Okay. So I really, I, I, this chapter was hard for me. Like nothing popped into my head right away. I was like, what am I going to pick here? So I ended up picking, um, song for a friend by Jason Mraz because, okay. While I know Cinder and Kai are more than friends, obviously, um, it's still the song, like he talks about being there for his best friend and supporting him and them going through all these things together. He has a whole chorus just saying, it's true. I love you. It's true. I love you. And then um, at the end of the song, he says, climb up over the top, survey the state of the soul. You've got to find out for yourself whether or not you're truly trying. Why not give it a shot? Shake it, take control, and inevitably wind up and find out for yourself all the strengths that you have inside of you, which I feel like applies to Cinder right now because now she's the queen. And she like has a moment where she has to remind herself, like this is my quote, that she wanted this. This is what she wanted for Lavana to be defeated and her to be the queen. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I felt like this song, you know, for that reason, and just because it's showing the support of one person for another, like Kai is supporting Cinder. I thought that it worked well for that. Yeah, absolutely. So I chose You're On Your Own Kid by Taylor Yay. Swift. And you guys, every lyric I could relate back to Cinder. That makes so much sense. Summer went away. That's the beginning of this series starts in August, which is the end of summer. <laughs> this is I a play it pick. cool with the best of them. She tried so hard when they first met to be like, I don't care about the prince. I'm so not crushing on the prince. I don't think he's hot. I don't need his attention. Liar. Right? I didn't choose this town. I dream of getting out. There's just one who could make me stay. She never chose to be queen. She never wanted to be a princess. She's on Luna because somebody else kind of convinced her that that's where she needed to be. And she realized that that was going to be the best place for her. But maybe she does still dream of not wanting to be there anymore, right? Right. From sprinkler (laughs) splashes to fireplace ashes. I mean, Mm. that one kind of speaks for itself. I mean, she's Cinderella. Fireplace ashes. (laughs) I searched the party of better bodies just to learn that you never cared. The ball. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, um, where's the next part that I'm going to compare to this to? Cause I love it. <laughs> the jokes weren't funny. I took the money. Okay. So to me, this has a lot to do with, um, Cinder sort of being like, I don't want to be a part of this, but being like, well, I might as well use this money and resources for how I can. Right. right. Mm-hmm. My friends from home don't know what to say. That goes back to Emily and Scarlet, which we just saw in the last chapter. Exactly. I looked around in a blood-soaked gown. It wasn't blood-soaked, but you could talk about Peony's gown being soaked in the memory of someone who was no longer there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were pages turned with the bridges burned. Every step you lose is a step you take. 
everything to do with burning is cinder in her life and her her sort of origin yeah and she has gone one step forward and seven steps back every single day of this series it feels like mm-hmm. you know she she finally got to a place where she was like all right i got a new foot i got this hover i'm gonna get out from under audrey and audrey was like you know what i'd like to take your foot back <laughs> i'm gonna kill your only friend and you better not ever talk to the prince again she got mm-hmm. to a point where she was like oh my god okay maybe i do like the prince but we can't like kiss in an elevator or run away together but look he got me these sluts but then peony dies and she has to go to the ball only so she can warn Kai, not because she actually loves, like, gets to experience that love, right? Yeah. And then she's like, okay, fine. I'm a prisoner and I'll die. I'm a mortar. I'm a martyr. It's okay. <laughs> and the doctor shows up and is like, actually, you're a long lost queen and you need to get the hell out of this jail because I have plans for you. And I could keep going throughout this entire series, mm-hmm. but every time Cinder gets a step forward, she gets pulled back. Yep. And so every lose is a step you take. Chef's kiss. Um, you're on your own, kid. You always have been. Which is the true. whole series. Just speaks the for whole herself. series. She was she was born halfway alone because she was born to a mother who was vain and selfish and neglectful. And we saw Channery sort of develop maternal instincts for Celine and really alter as a person who grew kind and caring of her daughter, but it didn't extend anywhere else. And that kindness wasn't necessarily given in the best way because Celine was still being raised in a spoiled atmosphere. Right. She's been on her own since she woke up in Europe and got sent to a home where people didn't want her. She's been on her own since she left that home where she's been on the run as, as a fugitive And now she's alone again because she's got friends and she's got advisors and she's got people who love her, but there's only one queen. Right. So, Ron, your own kid by Taylor Swift is the (laughs) definition of this entire series. Yes, it is. Done. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about our chapter titles. Okay. Um, Okay. So the quote that I picked was... She reminded herself that this was what she wanted. This responsibility, this duty, this right was what she had been fighting for all along. So I just, I mean, that just kind of sums up like what's happening. You know, she's the queen now and she's got to remind herself, this is what I wanted. I'm going to figure it all out and make it work because we, like we achieved our goal. This was it. Absolutely. So mine was, yes, Cinder, you're the queen of Luna. I always love lines. I love when it's like one definitive line. And I've talked before about how the last line of a chapter of a book of a section can be very powerful. And Mm -hmm. this wasn't the last line, but it could have been. Yeah. This could have been a perfect last line to the the entire series. Did it really address and close up every loose end? No, but some stories don't. Right. They don't. We know everybody survived. We know there's going to be a couple happily ever afters. This could have easily been the end of the series, and that could have been the last line. And I would have been satisfied. I would want more. We always want more. Oh, yeah. I just think this is a killer line. I do, too. It's fantastic. All right. So that is the end of 
chapter 92 mm. is the end of this episode of the podcast there are two easter eggs the bonus word hair appeared six times next time we're going to cover winter chapters 93 and 94 you guys there's only three ah. episodes left there's chapters 93 and 94 there's chapters 95 and 96 and then there's the end and um please tune in for the end because my guests are going to be ashley and Becca, my original co-hosts oh, so from way back in the day, are going to come back for the last chapter. We have been synchronizing our schedules for months trying to figure it out <laughs> of when exactly the three of us can be available. And we are we are good, y'all. We have a we have a scheduled recording and we have two backup days just in case. That is fantastic. So I'm I'm crazy excited for that because I still talk to them all the time, but nobody else gets to. So, well, yeah. Ashley does episodes and she comes to Patreon meetings, but you know, um, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. So, Yay. Leah, even though everybody knows and everybody knows who yeah. you are because you're my best friend, please yeah. tell them anyways, where can people find you and your podcast if they would like to do so? All right. So you can follow YA Book Chat on Instagram and Facebook. I am most active on Instagram, but most of the stuff floats over to Facebook too. Um, and then my podcast is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So yeah, it is everywhere. The links for Leah and YA Book Chat podcast, as well as our featured fan artists are going to be in the show notes. Follow on Instagram, rate, review, and subscribe, all that stuff. Check out the Patreon. There's a lot of really cool stuff on there now. I have swag bags and gift boxes. I just designed my own bookmarks. They're beautiful. They came in the mail not too long ago. I'm very impressed with myself. (laughs) Um, And Bisbee, of course, for printing them. But, you know. Um, Yeah, that's it. I can't believe there's only, like, three episodes left of this original series we're gonna do like stars above and the graphic novels and all of that but still yeah those are crazy. all just, I, those are all cherries on a sunday that's already been completed so oh my goodness yeah i can't believe uh, it's almost over i know that's so crazy. but then we're gonna start heartless so yay and i've got the cast of heartless on episodes <gasps> already planned that's so, so awesome I'm psyched for that it. Is I'm very super exciting. hyped. Oh, before I forget, there's an audio drama of the Lunar Chronicles on YouTube. I think I've promoted them a few times, but please go listen. It's absolutely amazing. I'm obsessed. I am a podcast creator and I know how hard it is. And yet I'm so impatient. I'm like, can y'all hurry up? I'm, I'm <laughs> such a hypocritical person, I guess, but I just really, I want more. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, no, that's the last episode. Oh my God. <laughs> Even though I know what's coming. Yeah. <sighs> Still. But um, anyways, thank you for being here. We haven't recorded together in forever. I know, I know. I have to find a book that you and I can do together for my podcast soon. Just go look so. at my Goodreads. I'm pretty close oh, to my true. 100 books a year goal. Okay, good. Getting up I'll there. take a look. We'll find something. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Listeners, thank you for listening. Keep reading, keep listening. And until next time, don't get glamoured. Don't get glamoured. <laughs> Yay. Yay. The chapters discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Leah from YA Book Chat Podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangled on Instagram. Thank you for listening.